Listener Production. The creators of this podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which it is recorded. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are the first storytellers of this land. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, as well as any Indigenous people who may be listening today. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated MA for mature audiences. It may contain sexual references, time travel references, allegations of bin misconduct, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that this episode is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who thinks a comedy conversation between two old mates sounds like a terrible idea for a show. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax. This is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello and thank you for watching. That was my 60 Minutes intro. I'm Charlie Clawson bringing you an exclusive story about how a 45-year-old man has had a sprained finger for two weeks. Doing what, you might ask? Something X-gamesy? Riding his mountain bike, lifting weights. No, Will, I tried to put a cover on a cushion and I Hang sprained on, my finger and it still hasn't recovered. Which finger are we talking about here? Like My ring show. finger on my non-dominant right hand. Okay, so on your, on your right hand, your ring finger on your right hand. Okay, so but not the finger you wear a ring on. Um, yeah, that one there. And you've sprained it. Like in what act? Like is it putting the cushion back in and trying to zip it up? Is that the moment where it got sprained? Like what? What? What exact thing were you doing with this cushion? There are moments, Will, mm. in which I think that I have grown and learnt, and you know my knowledge base has expanded. And then there's other moments where I'm like, how can you still be doing dumb shit like this? So um, this time of the year in the Northern Rivers, it gets a bit humid, and it's mold season. And so <laughs> the last two years. I've been, you know, I've had to deal with mold outbreaks. And so this uh-huh. year I was determined, I'm like, I'm going to minimize the mold impact. It's coming, but I'm going to be running the dehumidifiers as much as I can. First sign of any mold anywhere, I'm going to be cleaning that shit. It was, so um, yeah, was yeah, back- uh, you know what the original draft of uh, uh, M. Night Shyamalan's old was? It was actually a beach where people get mold. It was set in yeah. by and by. That was... <laughs> That was the first draft, and somebody was like, this is pretty good, M. Night, but what if they got old instead of mold? <laughs> well, I just started watching The Last of Us, and that is like living in the Northern Rivers, just fucking people just contaminated by mold, and it is fucking gross. Like, it's disgusting when you find that that mold outbreak, and then it's weird. It's sort of like a horror movie where you'll go in and you'll go, oh, what's that? There's a bit of fuzz on the wooden handle of this whatever. And then you'll turn your head and you'll see that, oh, my God, like everywhere where there's organic material is covered in green and black shit. It's disgusting. Jackets, shirts, fucking everything. Can't leave food out, Will. Oh, you left a bit of food on that T-shirt and you left it overnight? Well, guess what? There's a forest growing on it now. <laughs> You've had a visit from Moldy Locks. She's come in during the night, she's gone room to room, and she's spread her mold all over the joint. Moldy Locks is just this, like, decomposing, like, Victorian-era girl. Like, the blonde ringlets are all, like, tatted. She's wearing, like, a pinafore that's just got it's broken, holes ripped in it. You can see her ribs, just, like, green, crumbling flesh. 
You know how it's compulsory for every comedian in Australia to write a children's book. In fact, I believe I am the only comedian in Australia who hasn't written a children's book at this stage. Could Moldy Locks be my book? That feels like that feels like more than enough of an idea you need for a children's book. Like yeah. the rest of it kind of writes itself. Basically, yeah. it's a Goldilocks story, but like it's just a whole bunch of things about moldiness as well thrown in. And that's just well, the all these it, comedian authored books, mm. they're all like so and so can't stop farting. So and so won't stop picking his nose. So and so pissed his pants. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's like it's always like some bodily humor. But and what hasn't say, been used yet is mold. This is what mold. I'm saying. Like, this Moldy is a lot. good zone because it's close to those bodily functions, but it hasn't been mined for all its comedic potential at this stage. It's a bold new forward, move forward, or maybe a mold move forward. <laughs> it's a mold move forward. I don't know, though, if it has, like, mm. you know, like Iona loves a fart joke. Um, mm. One of her favorite things, there is a, um, a picture book we have, which is like, Breaking down what an aeroplane, the parts of an aeroplane, and here's the men loading the luggage into the, you know, cargo, and here's the pilots doing the instrument checks. And then there's a little gag on one of the pages where it's like, and because it's a, a flat, open the flat book. And so you go into the back part of the plane and you open the toilet door, and there's a kid sitting on the toilet with his pants around his ankles, and he goes, like, hey. And so every time we open that flap, I always make the, the sound of the kid going, hey. And Iona loves it. Like, we will stay on that page for 10 minutes where she'll just open and close the toilet door <laughs> to the point now though where I have been on the toilet and she's run up and thrown the door open <laughs> and screamed out, hey, because she thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. But I don't know that mold yeah, it has the same cut through as the- farts for children. I'd like, so yeah. Farts are, I mean, I don't normally but, talk about sorry, this topic. Sorry, yeah, having on. said that, if you – Tie the mold into something mm. like so moldy locks, like her teeth fall mm-hmm. out, like her yeah. jaw dislodges, <laughs> like and falls out the time. That I think she could find funny. Well, also, like the idea of maybe that she's moldy is kind of like that she's rotting inside, right? So yes. you can still have farts. Yeah. You can have yes. rotten like Just I mean gas releases. We don't from her. we don't need to rule out farts. <laughs> like there is <laughs> yeah, a magic okay. ingredient for these books. I think we can still have moldy locks farting away from room to room. <laughs> I mean, if she's eating that much porridge, she's definitely gonna let out a few farts rip at some stage. Gold, uh, moldy locks, you farted. No, no, no. That's literally just a decomposition of my internal organs, the gas yeah. released from those. Uh, it does have the odor and the sound of a fart, but in fact, it came through my rib cage. Yeah, and you'll notice the spores going into your lungs and forming <laughs> there. <laughs> oh, moldy locks. Oh, moldy locks. <laughs> so I was um, on high alert. Mm. For the appearance of moldy locks, and I was in the backyard, and I noticed some of our outdoor furniture had started to get some little speckles of mold, and so I'm like, "Fuck yes, you know, here we go, go into action, you know." And and I um I jump online, and I'm like, "What's the best treatment for mold on outdoor furniture?" And this one thing was like, "Okay, blast it with vinegar, then super hot wash, put a bit of bleach in if you want, and then dry it." So I'm like, okay, like dry it in the sun. So I'm like, okay, great. So I fucking hit it with the vinegar, psh, ah, you know, and then I uh, put it in the hot wash, psh, bleach, wah, you know, I'm killing in my mind and the mold's like, yo, I'm melting, I'm melting. And I love anyway. that you're telling us this story like you're reading Iona or one of her dead <laughs> <door> stories. 
Sorry, I'm, I'm parenting solo at the moment. I'm, I've only I only have a three year old to converse with most days. <laughs> You've brought a little of that into the podcast. <laughs> you don't have to do all the noises. <laughs> yeah, we can get uh, Mike Williams, uh, Mike the Third, to add those in later. Uh, so I did all the covers. I, once I saw the mold at the back, I just grabbed all the outdoor furniture and was like, you know, even if there was no sign of mold on it, I'm going to bloody take this shit. Yeah, out. get ahead of the game. Really should have done my research. Because what I had done by putting it in the extremely hot wash is I had shrunk mm, yeah. <laughs> all the cushion covers. Yeah, that'll, to the that'll point happen. Where none of them fit. None mm-hmm. of them fit anymore. And I, I was so mad at this random person who posted the first like Google entry I looked at, <laughs> which said put it in a hot wash. Like I really should have done my re- or asked someone or asked just just generally maybe double check with Jim. Hey, do you reckon I should put this? I just didn't think, and so I shrunk. Well, at first, I w- refused to admit mm. fault because yeah. um, we got all the we got all the cushions out. We dried them in the sun, the cushion covers, and then we started trying to re. And Jen was like struggling with one of the smaller ones. She's like, "Oh God, it's not normally this hard." We've got that one on, and then another smaller one. But then we have this big oval bench seat, which is like a two person job. And it was like I was wrangling this thing, and Jen's like, oh, "You shrunk it. You've, sh- you've shrunk it. Did you put it on a hot wash?" And I was like, "Yeah, but that's." That's what the guy online that's said what to the, do. Like, that's what the first entry I read about this on Google said to do. Yeah, blast it. And the mold was like, ah, and I was like, Psh, you know, just like stop doing the <laughs> stop doing the noises. You're not talking to Iona. Uh, so I was like, I got a bit of that kind of, you know, male stubbornness where I like I refused to admit. I said, that's not shrunk. I said, it's just a bit tight. We got the other ones on. We'll get this one on. And so you know, the process of trying to get it in is like one person squeezes the cushion yep. filling shut and then you're trying to edge the, edge mm-hmm. the zipper. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. edging the zipper of my cushion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the second time we've referenced edging with a podcast this week. I've got to go expand my vocabulary a bit. I mean, it's a very edgy podcast. Oh, sorry, edging. It's a very <laughs> edging, edging podcast. podcast. <laughs> some some comedians go in an edgy direction. We've gone in an edging direction. <laughs> very niche audience. So I'm edging <laughs> the cushion, just <laughs> just bringing it real close, real close to being done, but not quite. Will I'm just <laughs> edging that zipper. I've got another idea for a children's book: Thomas the Tank Edging. <laughs> It's, it's about a train that drives up to the tunnel but, <laughs> but never will never go qu- through the tunnel just when <laughs> just it gets to stops. the tunnel it stops. He might he might stick his face just in the start of the tunnel but then pull yeah. back. And then, yeah. Maybe just, just gently <laughs> just, nudge the tunnel. Yeah, but then reverse. Just <laughs> the tank engine. Um, okay. <clears throat> Voiced by Peter North. Mm. <laughs> Uh, 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 okay. Um, the fat controller is actually the PHAT fat controller. <laughs> He's got plenty of junk in the trunk. Uh, uh, so I'm edging the cushion and Jem mm. gives up. She's like, yeah. shrunk it. It's not going to work. And I said, it's going to. And, and so mm. she leaves and I'm determined there. I'm So I'm wrangling yeah. this thing like the crocodile hunter. I've got the cushion between my legs and I'm squeezing yeah. the material shut and I'm trying to push that zip up. And in an you push, you put, you, to, you're pushing the cushion. That's what you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> I was pushing the cushion. But in an effort to pull the material yes. shut so I could get the zip, mm-hmm. I, like I hurt my finger, like I sprained my finger. Yeah. And it has been two weeks and mm-hmm. it has not recovered. And it's not even my, uh, like it's my non-dominant hand. I'm a left-hander. But it's just like 
it won't it won't get better. I can't st- make a full fist with that finger. Yeah, I mean, okay, but you know, you did this to yourself, right? <laughs> Every step yeah, in this, I, you did this to yourself. One hundred percent. This is a story about. Like I remember you once uh, mentioned that you pulled a neck muscle in your sleep <laughs> and that was when you realized that you were <laughs> becoming an old man. I sprained my finger putting on a cushion cover and I still haven't got the cushion cover on. The fact that you got that many of the cushions in the cushion covers is actually remarkable in of itself considering the fact that you shrunk the cushion covers in the first place. Like I, I'm surprised that you managed to get the rest of them in. I mean this is, this is actually a victory. Like that little, you know, sore finger that you have is actually a reminder of the victory that you had to manage to squeeze all those cushions back into the shrunken. Like you're like somebody putting on your, you know, your, your skinny jeans after a, like a, you know, a winter inside, and suddenly go, no, I can get these on still. I definitely don't need to go up a size. Well, I had to. I, I like I, okay. So there were some small victories there. Yeah, you're right mm-hmm. with the cushion covers. I got them yeah. on. But the major loss was could not get this big bench seat cushion on. And I had a wife who was already kind of annoyed with me at being so stupid. And so I went on the – I got very proactive. I immediately started searching custom-made cushion covers. Did you search – before before this, did you search if there's any way to re-stretch something? Like that, like, <laughs> yeah, baby. I went to uh, Thomas the Tank Engine. It's like I really need something to stretch me out. <laughs> what no. is going on? When did we turn into the horniest <laughs> podcast in Australia? But also at the same time, the least horny podcast in <laughs> Australia. As we like, you're literally a man describing that you've had a sore finger for two weeks because you couldn't get a cushion in a cushion cover. So I mean, it does balance itself out. I think. We're wildly sl- sl- swinging around. But um, no, did you search, is there anything that you – like once they're shrunk, are they shrunk forever? Is there no reanimating technology? Can you not like stretch them out? Can you not put them in water again and like hang them out in some way or stretch them out, like try to make yeah. the cushion cover bigger? Conditioner apparently is the secret ingredient. Mm. If you've shrunk something, yeah. you soak it in with like hair conditioner, you soak it for like five minutes and then, I don't know, like – put it through a rinse wash or something like that. So, so so you just soak the whole thing in hair conditioner? Yeah, that's right. Do, and yeah. do you think I, that I, works I, for Well, it? this is the thing. I, I saw mm. that as a hack for T-shirts. Like if yeah. you pull a T-shirt out of the dryer and it's shrunk, okay. apparently you soak it with conditioner and that will expand it again. Like it right. uh, elasticizes the material or something like that. But these cushion covers are those kind of outdoorsy, rough yeah. canvas They're not made out of T-shirt material. Uh, they're not cotton. Yeah. No. So – I got on the front foot and was Googling like, you know, custom-made outdoor furniture cushions. And I was like put a, putting a premium on mold proof because I'm like, yeah. well, if I can upsell this, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I fucked that up. You, but know, you what? know what? I've this ordered is, some mold proof. This covers. is actually better yeah. because this is preventing future mold in this situation. Won't have to worry about washing it with hot or cold water because it's mold proof in the first place. Sorry, moldy locks. No visits from you on our mold proof uh, sunbed. Yeah, two steps forward, uh, one step back to go mm. take two steps forward. Yeah, that's good. That's a win. I yeah, I doing. can see this. So um, I found two prospective companies and I basically had two tabs open and I was, um, you've got to put in all the details to get your quotes. So I was like, well, I'll just fill in both and then I can compare the quotes side by side. And so one of the websites needed very specific measurements. So like not just like the length and <laughs> the width. <laughs> oh, God, here we go again. <laughs> 
the girth. Right. <laughs> Not just the length and the width yeah. and the height, but mm. they also wanted to know, okay, if it's a if it's a oval-shaped bench seat, where does it start curving? How long is the curved section? Mm. So and the other one was just kind of like, nah, nah, just yeah, give, us, with give us give us the gist. Yeah, yeah. And so, which is the cheaper option? Do you think? Well, give us the gist because they're cutting which down on do all. Which option give, do you think I took? Because <laughs> give us, give us the gist. Like they are saving. They've cut out the middleman. Because you know what that middleman was? Like, he was bloody full of questions. He's always asking you, where does your thing curve in so that we can actually match the cover to the actual yep. shape of the pillow you have, so all these pesky details. Whereas over at Giz of the Gist, they are just like straight to the point. I don't know, is it a circle or is yeah. it like, like a triangle <laughs> shape or whatever? Well, Jim was sceptical. Mm. Because we had a new cover made for our like we've got a window seat in the in the upstairs living area. And to get that made, like I literally had to take the foam to this tailor in Brisbane and they had to measure it up and make sure it fits perfectly. So it looks good. So I was a bit suspect uh, that there were two websites saying, Hey man, just give us the measurements. One basically saying, Hey, just don't even give us the measurements. Just, yeah. <laughs> just give us a, a roundabout idea of what you're talking about. Just oh, drop well, a hint. We, re- we reckon we can guess what you need, but you just point us in the right direction. <laughs> yeah. So um, there was a significant <clears throat> price difference between the company that wanted detailed measurements and the company that was like just the gist. I went with just the gist though because I was like, look, I mean, how hard can it be? Because you know, I've given them the length of it. Yeah, I've given them the width of it. I've given mm. them the, the 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 thickness of the material. Like it's a, it's an oval bench sheet. Like how, yeah. how hard can it be? Like how I, just hard and I sent them a photo as well. Yeah, of, <laughs> right? of you. <laughs> now the other thing that is worth uh, noting is that all the outdoor furniture has the same canvas covers. It's all this lovely white right. canvas covers, and so. That was very important that, like, it, it matched. matched. So I was looking at both websites and they have, like, all the, you know, the, the color swatches. So you've got your ivory bone, you've got your pure white, you've got your egg white, you know. You can even go colored as well. The Just the Gist guys, it was sort of like your basic colors, you know, sort of blue, black, white. The one where they wanted more details was, like, probably a dozen options. But I was like, yeah. you know what, I don't need a dozen options. It's white. No, it's white. So, I mean, surely there's not more more than one shade of white. Then as you start clicking through, so you give them all the measurements, you say what color you want, and then you sort of start picking the types of material you want. And now I've sold this to my wife as like mold proof. And so I look at the one that wants all the details and they don't, like they say, oh, yeah, it's weather resistant, but they don't say mold proof, whereas the mm. other one was like, the just the gist guys were like, yeah. man, you could fucking, you know, you could wear this. You could wear one of these covers into battle. Mate. It will deflect radiation. <laughs> like it is. it is unbreakable. Made from titanium. Cheaper, better, and you don't have to give us any details. Why would you go yeah. with the other mob? Like we are Why across this, go? mate. We've got three colors. That's all the colors there are in the world. There's three shapes. We don't need measurements about where it curves in at the end. There's three shapes, three colors. And you know what? Yeah. It's bloody mold proof. We used to have a middleman yeah. here who told us we couldn't make outrageous claims like that, but we got rid of him and we're, we're much happier here. Mold proof. <laughs> so just the gist, 
um, they give you three. So you get to this the last sort of page, and so you've picked your, you, you've given them the details, the shape, the the color, and now you're choosing which material. But it's three options. So it's like tier one, your regular indoor material, boo. Tier two, yeah, mm. pretty good, pretty resistant mm. stuff. Or tier three, fucking hell, man, this is like the top tier. God himself could not weave a more resistant material than this. So I'm like, well, that's the one for me. So I tick, click on uh, just the gists there, uh, God, God-like mold-resistant material. Send. Pay about 200 bucks. That's what uh-huh. it's going to cost. Okay. Oh, that's the other thing too is because we're, um, we've got guests coming. I wanted to make sure that the house looked nice by the time we had guests. So I, um, I, put the, I paid the express, you know, like the extra 30 bucks or whatever to get it delivered in a week. Cause well, was it was all, from- all that money you, that you saved, like from not having to answer all those pesky questions on the other website. So you can splash out on a little speedy mail. Uh, so um, I send it off. Uh, I get an email confirmation. They're going to say it's going to take a week, which is great. Um, a week arrives and there's no package delivered. I check the tracking and it's like, oh, I can see it's in Australia. Like it made it to Australia, but it's just sitting in a warehouse somewhere. So I call the call center and just double check that it's still coming. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, it's still coming. And so they CC me in an email to the dispatch center saying, hey, we promised that it would get here within six days. This guy paid like the top. Career, uh-huh. can you make sure that happens? Yeah, nothing happened. Did you just um, sat there? Did you just Google the career company at this point just to make sure that the career company actually existed? Like the mail, yeah, like, no, they're real. Know, it was all legit, right? Like it was you all just, legit. It was a proper trade. It was at a- this point in this, I would have just at least been googling to make sure that the business that I thought that I was talking to was a legitimate business. Oh, no, they were definitely a legitimate yeah. business. They have all my credit card details, <laughs> my logins. <laughs> well, I don't that, know why. That definitely that. makes them a legitimate business. <laughs> um, no, uh, it was just, it was sitting in dispatch mm. for like two or three okay. days and I was getting a bit antsy because mm. I'm like, well, what's the point of me playing this, you know, premium if it's like, mm. may not If it's get just going to sit in dispatch anyway. Exactly. And then I was contemplating driving to dispatch, but then they said, no, you can't do that. We don't let general public in here. So- Three or four days later, it arrives. So I'm not 100% happy, but it's fine. It's here now. I open it up. Mm. First thing I notice is a perfect match. It is a perfect (laughs) match. You can't believe that they have nailed it, but it is a perfect match for the color of the rest of the furniture. It is a light brown Uh tan color. Okay. Um, And I thought, well, that is odd because I certainly did not want uh, a light tan, a uh, brown tan color. I wanted white, like the rest of, the rest of my furniture. But let's just let's just see if it fits first, because that's okay. the big thing. <laughs> it's a little big. What? Let's just say what? It's a little roomy. Well, you know what you got to do. Fits. Wash that in some hot water. Sort yourself out. <laughs> yes, that's right. But it is definitely mold resistant because uh-huh. whereas on the other, the old cushion covers mm-hmm. are a lovely soft kind of white canvas material. <laughs> this is made out of what appears to be yeah. plastic. Yeah. Like. That'll keep the mold away. <laughs> coarse plastic, like old yeah. car tires melted down and repurposed plastic. Ever seen you a mighty car I'm- tire? Then you can't fucking argue with that. I imagine you sit on a, on a warm like summer's night, and you know the, the cushion would stick to you. The sweat's got nowhere to go. It kind of like counteracts the the softness of the cushion filling inside because it's so like crispy on top. 
It's beautiful no, that this is not moldy, but the fact that it feels like there's another Northern Rivers floods in the back of my pants is probably offsetting the appeal of not getting moldy furniture. But you know what? It's passable. Like once you put the cover on and there is a bit of sag and you put it back on the bench, like you wouldn't notice. Like it, it, would, it would take a a real kind of um, uh, outdoor seating expert to realise that the cover wasn't a, a perfect match. Um, and I was like, okay, that's fine. I just need to contact the company and let them know they sent me the wrong colour. Mm. <laughs> so I go to the website <laughs> and I check my order yeah. and the strangest thing happened, Will. What? So you know how I said – they uh, the last few pages is like pick your color, and then the last one is pick your material, right? So I picked my color and I picked white. But what I failed to notice ah. is that when you upgrade the materials, mm -hmm. your color options mm -hmm. change, and the only available option for the weather mold proof material was mm -hmm. tan brown. Yeah, right. <laughs> So I had no recourse because in my head I'm like, I'll, I'll just have to go and mm -hmm. let them know they've made a mistake. But then I look at the invoice and it's like, no, there is no I, other option. I there made is a mistake. Like I couldn't even argue <laughs> yeah. there is a, a white mold-proof material because it just simply doesn't exist. That's right. Even um, if you demanded it, they were like, yeah, well, that's great that you demanded that, but we literally don't have it. It doesn't exist. We cannot send it to you. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, We've it, got it, heaps it, of stuff in white that will mold immediately though. If 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 you if you're in the market for something that is white that will immediately get moldy, then we have we can sort you out. Well, now the the question mm. is like because oh, look, it, it doesn't bother me, <laughs> but I live with someone who <laughs> likes to style her home, likes uh -huh. it to look a certain way, mm -hmm. professional, yeah, uh, not professional. What um, what's the word? It's just. Uh, it, she likes the she likes the house to hang together in a visual sense, and that means we don't have odd coloured uh, covers on our outdoor <laughs> furniture. Mm. So, could it not be like a feature piece though? Like th this is what I was arguing <laughs> because you know feature walls or feature pieces are actually very like hip when it comes to styling now, which is this idea that there's something in the room that is counter-narrative to like what the prevailing style is for everything else. So like you might have a black wall in the middle of a white room or you might have like a piece of vintage furniture amongst like a, you know, consistent like setting or whatever it is. Like that, maybe that's what this is. This is like your furniture. You've got one, it is at least, it's not just one of the, uh, cushions from the regular couch, right? Because if one of them is different, then you really notice that. This is its own piece anyway. Maybe the idea is that, no, it's special that it's tan brown. Like it's a white that's person who spent a little bit of time, gym. you know, at the beach during Be summer. Because the way the furniture mm. looks, it's a set, right? So you have three, they're just like round seats, right? With round cushions and round cushion covers. Then you have like a couple of little sort of tables, and then you have the big couch, which is the oval-shaped couch. So all the little round seats match, but the big daddy has a brown cushion cover yeah. made from a horribly uncomfortable weatherproof material. All the little kids so I was are gathered around going, you're not our real dad. <laughs> we yeah. know it. But I say to Jim, but, you know, we can offset mm. like, you know, tan brown and white go together yeah, quite well. It's fine. like, you know, caramel caramel ice cream and we can just get mm. some white cushions. She's away at the moment. So, um, uh, I, I mean, look, she's going to have to live with whatever decision I've made. But I think, I agree with you that I can pull it off if I knew anything about styling, which I, I do not. <laughs> I do not because I, I still have to re 
um, cushion the the what do you call them like the just the normal cushions that you put on the couch. Yeah, because I also shrunk those. As well. <laughs> so I've got to work out whether I get like more weatherproof material for this, or if I just like cut my losses and just get regular cushions and just uh, cushion covers and replace them more often. I mean, I think regular cushion covers and replace them more often, but. I mean, I tend to try to take cushions inside, like, you know, from outside, even if they're on outdoor furniture. Um, Every night. Well, yeah. Or only when you've been yeah, sitting I mean, outside, I, I, I guess. Like, yeah, sometimes I won't put them out if like, we're not using the outdoors. So, and yeah, and like with the other stuff, I think, yeah, just turn it over more often is probably a better option. But like, I understand what you mean about the big cushion, though, that you can't just like be getting a new one of those all the time. It doesn't make any sense. So, um, oh, I don't know. Like, I reckon if, if Gemma has a problem with her, tell her she's racist. So you're fine with all the white furniture, but you don't like the brown furniture. Is that what you say? It's a weird position as an immigrant to take. Get on the offensive. <laughs> like, really, like, lean into the fact. I mean, we happily that you come to this country, you know, marry a person from this country, become an Australian. I mean, come on. Like, you know, and you're denying one slightly tanned cushion being in a house of white cushions. I thought oh, I knew you. I, I mean, really thought I knew you. It's just, I mean, anyway. it's, it's sad to discover this new side of your personality after I mean, after twenty years. I guess if that's the I guess I'll tell me- message I'll tell you want to send. Yeah. Racist. <laughs> <laughs> that's the message you want to send your daughter. <laughs> you hate brown people, <laughs> then I guess, yeah, really, just go on the front foot about the whole thing. There's something else about living up here that I've noticed, and I don't know if this is actually – this might be true of all, like, in all cities or parts of Australia or whatever, but have you noticed everywhere up here, every shop has its own merch? Like, every fucking cafe, every bakery, like, it is the height of pretension, I think, for you to assume that people love your wares so much that they're going to want to buy a T-shirt and a hat. <laughs> like barbershops, cafes, restaurants, even like some retail, they all have their own merch up here. And I'm like, is it just because it's like a tourist That's destination? That's 100% or it- why it is. It, like it, right. They're not expecting that you are going to buy the hat from the local bakery. They're expecting some tourist who comes to town and has like the best week of their life and eats like a, you know, fresh donut from that bakery. It's like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to get like a hat from this bakery so I can remember this trip forever. But I think they do do it in cities as well. Like I'm sure like I've seen it in barbershops and stuff where you can oh, yeah. get like, a T-shirt. I mean, I mean, look, we're a podcast and we have merch. Like we can't judge other people yeah. for like having but merch. I, but I think it's different. Like, I mean, well, wh- why do you need a newsagent's hat? <laughs> well, you <laughs> don't. You but why do you t-shirt? need a T-shirt from your favourite podcast? You don't need because that Because we create new – well, James Fosdyke creates new and interesting artwork that is, you know, it, it, it's kind of should be seen in it and it should be out in the world. But, like, your, your small business <laughs> that is selling, like, baked goods – like what is the, what is the what, what's what is the message you're, you're getting across? What's with your that? hat? Like you're with your crossed baguette logo. <laughs> what's your hat at the moment? What, what's on your hat? What is it a logo for? Is it just like a random logo, or um, do you know what that is for? It says yeah, R- that RL. Is, uh, <laughs> this is gonna, I'm going to be slammed with this. This is a Ralph Lauren uh, trucker hat. Uh, oh, <laughs> this is yeah. Oh that's a yeah a double Ralph RL. Ralph Lauren trucker hat. <laughs> yeah, look. 
It's a long story. As, I mean, as, another story. Never, as never been worn by an actual trucker. That's the one thing I can guarantee you about a trucker hat by Ralph Lauren. Okay, so you know the other hat I have that's like this kind of color. It's a bit more beaten up and worn now. Right. Uh, you know, you've, it's got the double RL. Yes. It's got a white logo. People who watch the videos of this podcast would have seen it many a time. That is also a Ralph Lauren trucker hat. And uh, both this one and that one are two of the most expensive hats I've ever bought. But it's actually when I was staying in LA at your place, probably in about 2018, you know, that Ralph Lauren store was a couple of blocks from your flat in West Hollywood. I walked through it one day and I was like, Jesus, like I cannot afford anything in this store. We're talking like $3,000 jackets and, you know, like $1,200 jeans and shit like that. And they were going through a bit of a 50s like biker kind of look at, at, at Ralph Lauren at that time. So they have their – it's their more kind of blue-collar – <laughs> so calling commas. Double, it's the double, what is it? Yeah, double RL. So it's their more kind of blue collar kind of label. It's like their jeans and, you know, plaid shirts. And, and, and what does du- double RL stand for? Is it Ralph, Ralph Lauren? Yeah, yeah, something like Rugged Ralph Lauren. <laughs> I don't know. I actually oh, don't know. This, man, this hat is by Rugged Ralph Lauren. <laughs> well, let me just find out what does, what, what does... R-R-L in the Ralph yeah, Lauren logo. does uh, Rugged Rural Ralph, Ralph Lauren. Uh, really um, realist. Um, uh, what is R-R-L? Yeah. R-R-L, pronounced double R-L, is the iconic collection from Ralph Lauren that captures the genuine Southwestern style and vintage look. His uh, idyllic Colorado ranch inspired these famous pieces. Okay, so that's what I mean. It's got a more of a blue collar. It's like um, in Zoolander, you got your derelict. This is like you know his yeah. blue collar. Yeah, <laughs> I imagine Ralph his Lorenz, Colorado ranch. His Colorado ranch is very blue collar. I imagine. Yeah, <laughs> what I mean. It's like when Zoolander goes back to the coal mine. You know, he's just perfectly made up. Um, so when I was in that store and I was looking at all these things I couldn't mm. afford, I saw this really cool 50-style yeah. red trucker hat and it was the least expensive of all the things and I thought it looked quite cool when I put it on. And I sort of was like, I probably paid, I think it was about 200 bucks I paid for that hat. And I'm like, wow, that's an expensive hat, but I really like the way it looked. And, you know, I don't ever spoil myself with clothes that much, so this will be my one, like you know, big purchase. That hat has lasted almost six years and I love it. Like it is so durable. It doesn't has, you know, it's only just started to fray now. But it also helped me find what I believe is my current look. And that is white trash. I mm-hmm. think I have sort of found this look that suits that is me. absolutely true. <laughs> like I always say that it is uh, Brad Pitt in California is my style icon. And I think that's, you know, after years of experimenting with my look, I feel like you know, sleeveless tees, jeans, boots, trucker hats, stubble, you know, I'm snorting and spitting on the ground and, you know, being creepy around Juliette Lewis. That's my kind of vibe. I mean, it's weird for Juliette Lewis that you've leaned this far into, you know, you, you look, but that's that's fine. I get it. And now it works. I understand that. I've actually, like, I mean, now that we're doing Hat Chat, our famous segment, Hat, hat Chat. chat. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, uh, Mike the Third, can we get a little sting here for Hat Chat? Hat Great. Chat. <laughs> Um, so I, I got a new hat as well, and um, 
I uh, was in Adelaide and uh, my old is hat. That, is that the new hat you're wearing now? It's the new hat that I'm wearing right okay. now. And uh, yeah. so my previous hat. So I, basically um, one of the dogs really loves to chew a hat. And so you got to be very careful about where you leave the hat. And last time I caught the hat mid-chew and the, you know, the little connectors, the plastic connectors at the back, they were barely holding on. Like there was one of the little nipple things that was like the, the one that I need to hook it onto that was like hanging on by the the barest of threads. But I was like, this is my only hat Like it, until it actually bursts and it stops working. So uh, midway through the Adelaide Fringe, it bursts. And I was like, okay, well, I need to go and get another hat. <laughs> but what was that moment then it burst? Was I was just walking down the street. It wasn't some big moment, oh, really? but I was literally just walking down the street and my hat burst. And I was like, okay. Did you fall to your knees and scream, I'm hit, I'm hit? <laughs> No, because I, I knew it was coming. It was one of those things like like if you've had like one – if you're a kid and you've got a loose tooth or like if there's something like a scab or something that was about to go but isn't ready to go. Like I knew that it was on its last legs. You know, I knew it was right. – that at some yeah. stage, I knew we weren't going to be able to save the patient. This was very much – let's just let them live a good life for the last moments they have here among us. So I was walking down Rundle Mall, remember it distinctly. It just like pinged off. I felt it go. That's so funny. I, I, knew, I, I knew exactly what it was, you know. Like literally I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been expect I knew this day would come and now this day has come. So I handled it like I was like a Jason Bourne character, like who's just got to an airport and has to like dismantle the phone and then assume a new identity. Like if anybody <laughs> yeah. had just been watching her, I was so calm in a situation that like you know how you said you would have really reacted? I was actually disarmingly the complete opposite to that because something surprising happened that I suspected was going to happen. So I wasn't surprised by it. It was just a surprising thing that happened. And so it pops off. I go, I immediately go, oh, that just happened. I'm in the middle of Rundle Mall in Adelaide. I take the hat off my head. I walk over to the nearest bin. I just put the hat in the bin, like walk into a shop, First shop that was there that had hats, I went in and they were selling. So this is like an American baseball hat. And um, I don't follow any teams in the American baseball. So I literally was just like, oh, yeah, that's fine. I could get an American baseball hat. And I bought it and it was not that expensive. Like it was 45 bucks or something like that. And it is the most comfortable hat. I have ever worn in my entire life. It's like one of those ones, it covered, like you've gone the high hat. You know, yours is a bit higher, right? Like at this, yeah. yeah. Like whereas this yeah. one's really It's not, like, a, yours is deeper. Yeah, it comes down deeper and it's like, it doesn't have, it just kind of fits your head really well. <laughs> like I feel like hugged and protected when I'm wearing this hat in a way that I've never felt hugged and protected by a hat before. Is it a starter hat? It looks less like when you you. Uh, what's the what what brand is it? What I can see a label on the side there. Okay, or forty one. It's apparently it's genuine merchandise. That's what I will tell you. Uh, it's forty seven brand. Forty seven. Yes, they, I think they do brand. a lot of the sports. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It is. But do you do you, so did was there any why LA? Do you feel like you have still have a connection to the city because you lived there for so long? Is was there some kind of affection? Yeah, that was literally what I thought. I was like, I was, I, I didn't, I, I wanted a black hat. Um, you know, I was like, because it's a Dodgers hat, right? Yeah, I imagine it's a is Dodgers it? hat. That's what I would yeah. think it is. And um, yeah, so I, I wanted a black hat. You know, 
it was my second time at Westworld, so I wanted to try a different experience. <laughs> so I wanted to grab a black hat. But it was just the minute I tried it on, I was like, oh, my God. Like, it, this hat is so good that I might start following the Dodgers. I lived in LA for nearly 10 years and never watched a Dodgers game. But, like, just based on the fact that I want to wear this hat and hats like this exclusively for the rest of my life, I might have to get on board. Can I – while we're on the, mm. the, the, the topic of sports uh, <laughs> oh, no, okay, paraphernalia – I mean, this is sort of like, you know, look, it ties in nicely to our other podcast, Two Guys, One Cup, which is back, baby. Uh, Footy season is back. Exclusive to the listener app. Every Tuesday. Uh, If you are overseas and you want to listen to it, the best way to do that is just to go to tofop.com and listen uh, with a VPN because we we put the feed up there every week as well. Um, But uh, a couple of years ago, the Saints had this training Guernsey, which was like an all-black training Guernsey with like a opaque – large cross like a hot cross bun cross that you know went across the whole chest and i just thought it looked really really cool and i remember thinking oh, i'm going to buy myself one of those and i left it too late and by the time i got to their merch store the only sizes they had left was like small so i ordered it way too small okay i gave it away and i just thought i will be able to locate another one you know i've got contacts at the club you know, message them. Oh no, yeah, we 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 all them they've gone. We don't. I'll check with the property steward. No, nothing there. Then I was like, okay, well, I'll just like start searching online. I cannot find like it's like one of those movies where it's like you know you dated this girl and then and then all of a sudden she disappears and like no one has any memory of it. And you're like, but no, no one seems to know what I'm talking about. Like I have, I can't think of the amount, the many different ways I've put a Google search in where I'm like Saints 2020. Black charcoal grey training Guernsey large cross, and I'll be going through pages and pages of sort of AFL affiliated merch companies that have given me all these different training. And it's not the one I want. Will did the club so this remember? Close to- did the club remember it existing though? They yes, confirmed with it, you that it did exist. Yeah, you're, and, you're not and, just and misremembering. Find, no, no, it's not like a Mandela mm. effect thing. And I can find photos of like players wearing it if I if I wanted to, but very rare. It's like it's almost like the internet has scrubbed, like it's a new balance product. So I'm thinking of contacting them to say, look, I know you don't make this anymore, but I want it. <laughs> like uh, like I, I used they to must, just- They so, must love phone calls like that. That must be, <laughs> yeah. they must get to work every day and hope that some disgruntled some member of the public <laughs> demands something they don't make anymore. But it's weird. It's kind of that, it's that chased thing, you know, back when it was readily available, it's like, oh, I'll get around to it. And then the minute it became unavailable, now it's become my white whale. I'm not a huge shopper. I don't buy myself a lot of things. Like Gemma always says, like, you know, if we weren't together, I'd probably just be living in a cardboard box by the side of the road. And I think as long as I've got a Wi-Fi connection, I'd be pretty happy. <laughs> yeah. As long as you can get KO. Occasionally. <laughs> yeah, occasionally I, I like to buy myself there. And this is one of these things. And so how do you reckon I do it? Do you reckon I just do a public appeal and say, hey, you know, I'm quite prominent as a Saints supporter these days. So if I went to a Saints forum or whatever and was like, hey, dudes, I want the 2020 men's training Guernsey medium size, you know, let's start talking. Like, you know, I'm not asking for free. I'm happy to pay for it. Or do I go to the manufacturer and say, come on, guys, you must still have like the, you know, the template for this or, or some in a warehouse? Like the, my contacts at the footy club thought, oh, there would be some in the property steward because it's training Guernseys. But even they said, oh, no, we, we can't find them anymore. And it's just the frustrating part is like no one seems to know what I'm talking about, <laughs> like at least in a virtual sense. I haven't done the public appeal yet. 
what would you do? I mean, I think. I mean, I think it's going to be secondhand is my best option yeah. now. There's no way I'm getting a new one. I mean, I can't imagine that they're keeping them at the factory. I like your little idea that there's some <laughs> room out the back of the factory where they keep them. The archive. In case it's some, sometimes. It's, it's, it's a museum some, dedicated to. <laughs> <laughs> like previous Guernseys. You may mock us now, but three years from now, we're going to receive a phone call from one guy and he's going to buy, want to buy one of these in medium. So it'll be worth keeping these boxes full of spares. Um, I don't think that that is likely. I, you know, I think they're probably in landfill somewhere, the the ones that weren't used at this point. The, the fact that the club doesn't have any copies, that is, that is, that's a bit more interesting to me because I would have thought maybe they would have had some. Um, like you said, they're training ones. So, are you, like, you can't even really think that the players would have – like, you can't imagine players going, oh, I love this training jersey. I'm going to take this home and, you know, add it to my collection. So, I think that you're probably right. It's, like, it's going to be secondhand and you're going to have to go to Saints supporters. It's not on eBay. Mm. Like I've searched eBay. Um, I've been to a couple of vintage secondhand sporting apparel sites because that's a big, that's like a big thing now. It's mainly US sporting teams uh, are, are the go, but there are some online stores that have some, you know, vintage, you know, more VFL era kind of uh, Guernseys. But this is such a specific one because it's not like the, it's not the game Guernsey. It's a training Guernsey. It's not quite old enough to be vintage. You know, it sort of sits in this weird kind of netherworld. But I just sort of don't know. Like, what am I? What am I asking? Like, brand new, they're 120. Has mm-hmm. the value gone up? It's just so hard to tell. It's what what it's is second hand. What is it worth to you? I guess is the question because well, I was willing I to can't pay. imagine that anybody's bought one of these and thought it was an investment, right? I can't imagine <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't imagine that anyone's sitting with it at home and thinking one day I'll be able to cash in on this. But at the same time, if you wander into a forum and you're suddenly like I want this. If you have someone, you suddenly have the yeah the upper hand in that conversation because they weren't necess- they weren't thinking of getting rid of it. But if you offer them the right price, they might be happy to part with it. So I think that here's what I would suggest. Honestly, is wait until you know a really bad loss by the Saints. Yes, that's a great like, idea. Yeah. And then you go on the forums. This is your time. I, when feel like there'll be somebody... a, I think there'll be a lot of opportunities for that this year. Too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have multiple bites of the cherry. <laughs> so immediately after a massive loss, you have to go straight to the forums and make your request because you might get one for free in that environment. Like people might yeah. be going, yes, you know what? If you come around, have I've actually all. got eight training jumpers for you. Please take them all. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's a good idea. So – Okay, I think I'll just – what I'll do is I'll draft up just like a template yeah. kind of appeal and mm. after each loss – Have it hey ready guys, to go, you know, exactly. Yeah. Only post it after and, the losses, exactly. And and do I say that mm. do, that I'm willing to pay for it or do you think just like – I mean, I might – just don't bring that up yet. Just say I'm looking for one of these Guernseys, DM me, you know, if you can yeah. help me out. I believe that's what All you right. should say, yeah. Yeah. Right. We should definitely be talking about this on our other podcast, but I think it's a nice little way to let people know that Two Guys One Cup is back, as Will said, on the listener app. New episodes every Tuesday. Uh, Will, we've got some mail here. Um, we didn't manage to get round to much last week because um, we did such a deep dive on Chris Rock and uh, time travel films. But this is from Billy. He says, Hey, this is just a quick one, lads. Been listening for a long time and I noticed it. 
a fair few episodes back that John Deeks' classic humorous uh, MA warning script had changed. I think I've probably heard two or three versions over the years. What happened to the line about the priest, for example? Uh, love the pod, guys. <laughs> um, uh, we have changed it. You know, the, the times have changed. We've, we've changed. And so we have tinkered with the warning um, uh, and, and made it sort of as innocuous as possible. Part but of it, part of it was the tone of the podcast changed a bit from what it was obviously in the early episodes. But secondly, it was then that thing of a couple of people said, oh, we've been trying to you know, um, recommend the podcast to people who actually we think would enjoy it. But the opening is a bit full on if you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you're just dipping your toe in something for the first time. So, but uh, it really the, the major reason is that we just every now and again, we do a refresh of stuff. So we'll do a refresh of the opening music and themes, or we'll do a refresh of the art that we put with the podcast. Like it's just, it's, you know, it, there's never much of a, you know, agenda behind any of it other than just us, you know, you know, changing the furniture around. So, you know, feels a And it's probably bit a good a time as any to mention that you'll probably notice some more changes coming uh, over the next few months. Um, we'll announce in good time. Nothing is changing with the shows or anything. They're all still going to be the same, but it's just more how we package the shows. Um, you know, we're thinking just ways we can streamline uh, the way you get the shows, maybe sort of condensing a few things together because we sort of have gone into this without a plan. <laughs> and now we're walk working with an organisation that like to plan things. <laughs> and so they're kind of... They're kind of saying to us, "Hey, how do we make you guys more uh, work more efficiently?" And, yeah. and so, hey, we love um, you, but your like business structure is a nightmare. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yes. You guys don't even know what you're doing. <laughs> and so, we want to um, bring Deeksy back into the fold. And mm -hmm. so, we we have some plans to bring Deeksy back and to, to make more of our relationship with him because we do love working with him, and we haven't done a live show in ages. So, you will hear uh, changes. But like I said, we'll have more to say about that a bit later. Um, this is an interesting one. Well, this is from uh, someone who just uh, calls themselves E. Um, uh, in from regards to my entourage, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, okay. He said Turtle has <laughs> Turtle started his own tequila company. Um, first time writer, long time listener. Uh, I'm writing a response to your invitation for mental health clinicians to comment, Charlie, on your exploration of a possible ADHD diagnosis. I heard you speak about it on both TOEFOP uh, with Will and FOFOP with Osha. I'm a registered psychiatric nurse who's been working public mental health for five and a half years. I'm currently working in infant child youth team, and I've been doing a two-year course on developmental psychiatry. Full disclosure, before doing this course, I too believed I had an ADHD diagnosis. You guys are absolutely right that TikTok has caused a massive surge in the number of people seeking this diagnosis. It's great that you're going to be assessed, Charlie, but I did notice you mentioned that ADHD doesn't have a functional impact on your life. In order to meet the criteria for a disorder, it must have a functional impact. This is why ADHD is typically not diagnosed in adulthood because the impacts are usually so profound that kids with ADHD have poor outcomes, i.e. academic performance, school leaving, etc., etc. I also found it curious that you mentioned that your primary motivation for seeking diagnosis was so that hypothetically you'd be able to support Iona if she had the same difficulties. I wonder if this is better fits with an anxiety-related explanation rather than a neuro neurodevelopmental disorder. Yeah. Well, I actually saw my uh, therapist a couple of weeks ago and told her the same thing. That I was, and she was a bit like, I don't know that you need to. I think your issues are more anxiety-related than, than ADHD. Yeah. And which, it felt uh, like when you were talking about it that absolutely your motivation, you kept coming back to this idea of, 
you know, that your primary motivation was understanding it in case it was something that like genetically was going to, you know, affect Iona in her life. And that to me, you know, I'm not, I'm not trained in like this at all, but just as an amateur person sounds like, yes, your anxiety about her and her, you know, wellness and her health and, you know, her development, which are all very natural things for a parent to worry about. But you're also a person who's always had anxiety. So the idea that you're manifesting some of that anxiety that you have about, you know, Iona's health into your own health, like, I mean, it, I mean, it would, it would not surprise me if that's part of it. You know, I'm certainly not going to try yeah. and diagnose you. <laughs> like, it's not my area <laughs> or qualification to do anything like that. But it, that, that, would, well, I've that wouldn't it, I've be done surprising. Enough, uh, I've been to enough websites that have mm. uh, diagnosed me, Will. We can do plenty of right. ADHD tests. Yeah, online. that's fine, mate. It's fine. As long as you went to the first thing that Google brought up. As long as you <laughs> never went any further than that. I think I'm a Scientologist now after the last website I went to. Um, psychiatric orders have a lot of overlapping symptoms. One non-psychiatric explanation could be worthwhile looking into or could be worthwhile looking into is figuring out what your sensory profile is. So every one of us has a sensory preferences. Some people need lots of sensory input to achieve an optimal level of arousal. No, mm. fellas, I'm not talking about the sexual kind, which is a very appropriate clarification on this episode, today's episode. Um, for example, Will likes watching TV shows while working, while Charlie, if I recall correctly, can't listen to music with lyrics while working. Understanding how to modulate your environment for your sensory needs would support your concentration and focus. Well, that's interesting. I mean, I basically need to be in a sensory deprivation chamber to concentrate. I think that in some ways most people do. I like, I mean, you know, as much as I've always talked about the idea of watching something else while I work, the truth of it is that the majority of my work work, you know, I'm in the middle of like, you know, developing a new show at the moment. And I know that if I really want to do some work on it, I just have to turn everything off and concentrate. I can't have anything else because, you know, like most of the time when I'm doing something, you know, it, like working and having something else on it's you know it's it's researching or doing something where you you know you don't have have to have your full conversation but i don't think that we think that we're so capable of multitasking but i think that we're really 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 bad at it yeah yeah i agree um lastly as someone who works with primarily with adolescents having psychosis i can assure you that the conversations on tofup are not tangential in a pathological sense because you guys naturally build on conversations in a linear fashion and draw on your experiences to relate to each other in a conversational way, anything else would be rigid and non-reciprocal, which would make for a pretty shite podcast. So there you go, Will. We do go off on tangents, but it, all, it is all related. It is not random. Yeah, or you could be in a deep psychosis and I just enable you. <laughs> yeah, or you don't exist. I've yeah. actually been doing this podcast <laughs> on my own for 13 years. You're my Tyler Durden. <laughs> Uh, AE finishes off by saying, can you please do a public service announcement for me? I would love for people to stop misusing the word psychotic when they mean psychopathic. This misuse of the, of the word psychosis to describe people like Ted Bundy and Charles Manson contributes to a stigma for so many young people. Well, that's good well, to know. Good I, to know. That. I will attempt to use more accurate language. Uh, thanks for the last of the years. As someone passionate about mental health, I hope my two cents has been helpful to someone. It has. I think that's really Very helpful. helpful. Helpful to me. Um, it makes me wonder if I should be laying down 400 bucks to get this ADHD test when maybe, I mean, it's not really going to change anything. I'm a functional adult. I don't seem to have any lingering issues. Interesting though, that both she and my, my psychologist both 
put it down to anxiety. I mean, my psychologist wasn't trying to dissuade me. She said, look, yeah, you know, do what you want to do. But, you know, in my experience, in my professional opinion, you don't strike me as someone with adult ADHD. No. I, like, yeah, I mean, that's right. You do, but you've always had an underlying level of anxiety. And, you know, if that anxiety manifests itself in the same way as ADHD does, yeah, it might be about changing those factors that, like, contribute to the anxiety and maybe the ADHD-like symptoms might dissipate. I mean, there is a way of you being able to test that as well, right, which is, like, you know, concentrate, like, because there's no problem with trying to make yourself less anxious regardless. Like, there's no near <laughs> cost to the idea of, like, yeah, making yeah. your life a little less anxious and, you, you know, you see if that helps, I guess. Yeah, less anxious, less less mold would mm. would help. Uh, just less visits from moldy locks would take a lot of my daily anxiety out. Uh, if you want to support the show, please go to patreon.com. We're just about to record a bonus episode. We do one every two weeks. You get bonus tofu up, up there. There's also heaps of bonus material, full videos of the show, ad-free episodes, artwork from James Fosdyke. Quantum Cop incoming. I know I've been saying that for two and a half years, but I swear to God, like it's I almost had dirty. a great catch up with James Fosdyke uh, when I was in Adelaide, and it's really lovely to hear both your and his perspective on the collaboration that you two have on Quantum Cop. Why? What's he saying? <laughs> no, you know, you know how like the uh, and again, I only know pop culture news because I listen to the Weekly Planet, so I feel like I should at least give them a plug when I talk about this. But you know that Red Dwarf was originally written by two guys under the one moniker, right? So yeah, like, there was two guys, but they combined their names into one name. But now there's been some sort of falling out and the uh, settling of that is that they are now both going to be able to write Red Dwarf things, but by themselves. They both have the rights. They both can write their own Red Dwarf stories. They don't need to make sense with each other anymore. And I guess they can still use the same actors and whatever. It's like it's – so I think that – I think that that's what I was, you know, yeah. going Well, with. what happened with this latest issue is that we were at loggerheads about what direction we wanted to go in. And in the end, if it was a tug of war, if it was a creative tug of war, I just let go of the rope because I'm like, James is very passionate about wanting to tell this story. So I was like, fine. So I think like, and, and, he, and he said, the next one I'm going to throw to you yeah. to, 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 to write mm. most of because- with all previous episodes, it's probably been 50-50 input, mm. but this one, James is like, I want to draw this. And you know what? It's probably for the best because I would not have conceived of having a panel that has hundreds of dicks rushing towards Jack like James of Fosdyke is able to envision. I mean, it's a singular vision, Will. Yeah. Well, all I'm saying is that's what Doug once said to Naylor. Just be careful. <laughs> Uh, and you've got shows. Oh, yeah, I do. So my new tour is called Willuminate. Uh, it is, uh, by the time you're hearing this, uh, Canberra and Darwin are coming up very soon. Haven't been to Darwin for ages. So uh, Canberra and Darwin will illuminate then two weeks at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, Sydney Comedy Festival, Brisbane Comedy Festival, Townsville. And if you're in the northern rivers of New South Wales uh, and you would like to see my improvised show, What You're Talking About, Will, um, I do just kind of – I put shows on with about sort of five or six days of notice if I'm in town and I feel like doing a show. So um, when I'm recording this, we did one last night that literally we just put on sale five days before. And, you know, so just kind of watch out for those if you would like to come and see one of those shows because we – I never give them enough notice that I can ever plug them on the podcast, particularly when we're recording in the future. I'm like, there may have been yeah. shows, there may not be shows, who fucking knows, but keep your eye on the Brunswick Picture House. That would be cool. 
And don't forget, you can find highlights of the show on YouTube at TOEFOP TV. Uh, but for now, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. 